want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. Cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time. And you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn. Bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out. And you won't be ready. He got the suplex. Breaking your back. Now everyone in the world. Gonna listen to Taz. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go a little uh, late night Jones here. Yeah. Little uh, Taz Hall after dark, first time ever. That's right. That's what's happening right here. What's up? I appreciate you, uh, you people. You know, uh, downloading this episode as usual, and I want to say thank you for that. You're doing that at Apple Podcasts, or you're doing it over at uh, Spotify, or maybe doing it on Radio.com. So thank you very much for doing that. Much appreciated. Uh, you know, it's uh, what are you gonna do? You know, you people are just trying to. You know, everybody's trying to get over with me. I understand that. I'm over like Rover. People love me. And uh, I love everyone, too, in this world. You know that. That's just uh, that's just facts. That's just the way it goes. But anyway, so, yeah, this is this will be a fun addition right here. Um, we'll do a little late night. Now, look, you might be listening to this on the 4th of July, which it may be in the morning or the daytime or whatever. Uh, so it's not late night. It's not evening for you. But I don't I don't I do not normally. Uh, record uh, my show, my podcast uh, in the evening. So this is, uh, I mean, in the past I've had, but a long time ago. So, I mean, shit, you know, we're rolling into 700 episodes of this biatch. So I've done a lot of episodes, you know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I can't really sit here and tell you, well, I did, it was just one time when I did an after dark. No, no, never a Taz Hall after dark. This is the first time ever. So anyways, uh, we're going to get right into it here because there's a lot, a lot of you people, Got a lot to say, uh, a lot of questions, a lot of comments, a lot of statements, a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of bullshit. And by the way, uh, if you listen to this on the 4th of July, happy 4th of July and happy birthday uh, to our uh, United States, uh, the country I love and live in. And if you're not American, we love you anyway, and you love us, and we love everybody in this world, and that's all that really matters, right? So that's the deal on that. Anyways, um, all right, here we go. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, la 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 la. All right, here we go. Uh, is Cole O'Brien is? Let me take two. Uh, Isaac Cole, Isaac O'Brien, ninety-eight. Wow, nailed it. It's tough when you read these friggin' addresses, you know, um, that people have. Because these, by the way, these tassels. If you're new to the game here, the questions are. They're posed out there that say, you know, okay, here we go. Wrestling questions are encouraged. It's on my Instagram, which is T-A-Z-T-A-L-K, Taz Talk. So this is a uh, this is Isaac O'Brien, 98. What makes an amazing promo from your experiences? Loved your old ECW promos against Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, I appreciate that, Isaac. Um, good question. Simple question, but sometimes those are the best questions. What makes... Um, a amazing promo the number one thing i mean there's several things but the number one thing that jumps out to me is you got to believe it okay you the person cutting the promo the wrestler cutting the promo has to truly believe in what they're saying as they're delivering it um some people can just flip the switch and just do it and turn into it some people have to build up to it but whatever that promo is and that character that you are i believe the true uh, feeling in your soul as you're talking, you need to believe what you're saying. 
because if you don't believe what you're saying and you're just trying to act and you're not good at it, which a lot of people are, and it's a hard thing to do, then the audience is not going to believe it. So if you don't believe it, why the fuck should the audience believe it? So you got to believe it. That's number one. I also believe that the uh, delivery is vital. Um, your inflection in your voice, different parts of the promo to to bring me on peaks and valleys in the, the verbal story you're telling in your promo. I think that makes an amazing promo also. Um, I think eye contact with either the camera or the interviewer, or if you're looking off camera, whatever it is, again, your eyes tell a story. So if you believe it in your eyes, the audience will believe it also. I believe that adds to an amazing promo. I also think if it's too long, it could be a little a little too long, which isn't good. And there's different types of promos, Isaac. There's, a, you know, as you know, and there's there's promos where a guy or girl will have a, a wrestler have a microphone in the middle of the ring in front of a live audience and do their promo. Or, you know, there's promos where you're doing them backstage, uh, either live uh, in a, a mock locker room or a real locker room or right by the entranceway, or maybe they're recorded, taped at uh, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning at a TV taping. You know, or it could be in a in someone's house that they think is a studio in the middle of Westchester, New York, on like a fucking random Thursday night. Welcome to old school easy dub in the nineties. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you could throw in those late night promos too, because those used to happen in Philadelphia. But I was the one that was cutting mine during the week. Any of the New York guys, we would drive to Ron Buffon's uh, parents' house uh, while that's where the studio was back in the day in ECW. So we would get to cut the promos in the basement by the washing machine and dryer and the ironing board, and that's no bullshit. All those on cameras, Joey Styles used to do so awesomely those bumpers in between the ECW TV show Joey did in uh, Ron Buffon's parents' basement. And there was a fucking ironing board right there. There was, was basement Jones. I mean, it was the whole thing. It was just like any fucking average person's basement. It was all there. Washing machine, dryer, the whole thing. They had the whole fucking kit and caboodle. I could see it right now. Uh, it's been it's been years. Right, anyway, uh, what else we got here? We got uh, Alistair Stone. What do you think of the WWE putting the club together? Looking forward to finally seeing Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson get some TV time. Oh, me too. I'm happy about it. I like AJ's heel turn that they did They did on Raw on Monday. I thought it was excellent on uh, Ricochet. Um, I like it a lot. I think that it, there's a lot of layers here to this. I mean, I think they can go really – they can do a lot of shit here with these three guys because of their history. They've already started telling you the history of them in Japan and stuff like that, and they're not saying Bullet Club, they're saying club, which is cool. They're doing the hand uh, too sweet gimmick already, all that. So – I mean, it's and their their buddies uh, across the way uh, in AW. You know, it's like Omega and these guys and the uh, the Young Bucks. You know, the whole that whole thing. It's like it's kind of so. It's kind of like WWE's like, well, you know what? We got a couple of guys from that thing that was over in Japan, and you got Nakamura sitting back there too. So I mean, you know, you could do a lot of stuff. You have Finn Balor too. You got <laughs> they got a lot of guys there. WWE lands right. Um, I think it's good, and I'm with you. Uh, I'm happy to see Gallows and Anderson get some TV time. I don't know Carl Anderson that well at all. I mean, Gallows, I know we were in the dreaded Aces of Eights together in TNA. Yeah, no, Luke Luke Gallows is a good dude, really good guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm, I'm very happy about it. Those guys deserve it. 
I don't. I can't sit here and bullshit you. I don't know their contract status. I, I believe they were getting ready that their deal was their deals were done and they were fixing to leave. Now maybe that's changed. Maybe they threw a bunch of money at these guys or whatever, and those guys are sticking around. I mean, I'm sure that stuff's available online on one of these dirt sheets. I'm I'm not your guy for that. Um, I haven't really looked into it. I'm just being frank with you. So, uh, but anyway, so that's the deal. But yeah, no, I think WWE is doing a good thing, putting the club together. AJ, a much needed heel turn. I think it's really good stuff, and I think they could build on this thing and get a. a if they really want to go faction Jones, they can go big time heavy duty faction Jones with the club thing and all that stuff. So, um, that could be pretty cool. What else we got here? We got uh, la 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 la, Vanthama number one, Vanthama one. Fantama. What do you think of a Cody chair shot? Hashtag Frank Frank's pickle barrel ass. Ah, so he's got the old old jerky boy liner in there. I like it. Hey, what do you say to that barrel ass? All right, anyway. Um did not like it. Was not a fan of the chair shot at all. Um I don't think it's needed. I didn't think it, I did not think it was needed. I I don't um I've been concussed many times. I've been hitting the head with steel chairs a lot of my career, especially in ECW, a lot. I didn't realize, to be honest with you guys, I didn't realize until watching back some of my someone was telling me about some some of my older matches from ECW on the WWE Network. And I, I every once in a while I'll catch up with them and I'll go on WWE Network. I never used to watch my matches. Uh, you know, years later, but now it's such easy access with WWE Network, so I could say, I'm like, fuck it, I'll just watch some of these matches and see what I did really good, what I did really bad. Um, and then I'm realizing watching some of these matches with me and Sabu and Bigelow and Van Dam and Shane Douglas and, and all these guys, and I'm like, dang, man, I, I took more chair shots than I thought. I've had seven concussions from what I know, six from pro wrestling, one when I played football. So um, I uh, I am not a fan of chair shots to the head at all. And I know that sounds crazy uh, coming from an e- original ECW guy, but um, we've come a long way, uh, not just as a pro wrestling community, but as a sports society, sports fans and athletes uh, from the NFL down. I mean, uh, the the... the awareness to you know with cte and everything with concussions and this is this is going on for you know geez i don't know i want to say 10 years now um i i and for aw i'm just being blunt okay it's nothing against cody or anybody there i'm just being honest like i i don't think that was a smart move i understand it wasn't their tv show i understand that tony khan is saying well on tv you're not going to see that and i believe him um, he's the boss, and I'm assuming he put his foot down, and I'm I'm assuming that's not going to happen. Uh, it shouldn't. I hope it doesn't for him. I mean, you know, being blunt now, like he <laughs> he owns an NFL team. I mean, really, he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's you know him and his dad. I mean, so it's like, you know that that, that you know I mean that he's got to keep his eye on that. I mean, that's you know, and now he's a wrestling company. You know you. And you know you just got to be careful. Wrestlers are athletes, and and I, I'm I don't think anyone told Cody to do that. Cody's a boss, so I I assume that was Cody's call. I'm just assuming that, um, you know, and and I know that uh, the chair shot, you know, it, it it gaffed open the back of Cody's head. Right, he got hard weight, 
and the lip of the chair, the inside lip of the chair, like where when you're sitting in the chair, like where your back would go, the bottom part of that, that's what caught the, the back of the opposite side back of Cody's head. So I've watched this, this chair shot several times. Um, you know, that's going to happen. I understand that that they're saying the chair was gimmicked, but it didn't work. And and I know what they mean by gimmicked, okay? But it's still a metal chair hitting you in the head. It still is a metal chair hitting you in the head. Trust me. I've been hit with gimmick chairs. I've been hit with real chairs. And I'm not going to sit here and pull back the curtain and explain the difference because, quite frankly, the difference isn't as much as you think. <laughs> it's not. So, and and it was pretty apparent when you saw what happened to Cody. So uh, I I am I am not a fan of it. I don't think that AEW needs to do that. I don't think WWE needs to do that. WWE will not do that. And WWE's definitely getting more risque now, and they're definitely out of that PG thing. But I don't think you're going to see anything because of concussions. That WWE's not going to do that. Now, as far as AEW, yeah, I don't I don't think that's the kind of publicity you need. They had everybody talking about them the next day uh, from from the big show they did there in Tampa, uh, Fighter Fest, I think it was called a fest. I I'm, I didn't see the show, but I saw the chair shot and I saw a couple of the ma- ma- highlights of the matches. But anyway, um. I don't, um, I don't think that's the publicity you want, man. I don't think you want that kind of publicity. Uh, seriously, you don't. Um, you don't need it. And and AEW's in a position, guys, and you know this, okay? Like anything they do right now is, you know, if someone one of their wrestlers does a body similar middle of the ring. Most of the internet wrestling community feels that's the best body slam they've ever seen in the world. A guy does a, a you know a flying elbow from the second rope, and oh my god, it's the fucking greatest flying elbow we've ever seen in professional wrestling. I mean, it's a complete love fest right now with AEW, and that's cool. I think that's great. That's fun for the fan base. That's awesome for the wrestlers. You know, so you're in a great win-win position right now. Right now, that could change when they're doing TV weekly. You know, then then you kind of you know. Right now they're doing they're sprinkling shows here and there, so you know it's they're they're still kind of in a honeymoon phase, and and the people people are loving it, which is cool. My point in saying that is you don't need to do that, in my opinion. You don't look. Cody's a big boy. Cody's a pro. He knows what he's doing, so he's going to do what he wants, and that's cool. I respect that. I like Cody. Um, I just don't think that that should have happened. I don't. Um, uh, you know, I I just don't. I don't. I, I just don't think it sends the message that you want to send um, out there, especially that's just not needed. And I, I'm well aware that there's a plethora of independent pro wrestling companies that are doing chair shots a lot and doing violence and doing, you know, man-on-woman violence. I know that. I'm well aware of all that. But, you know, here's the deal. This is not – AEW is not an independent promotion. They're, they're a legitimate promotion giving contracts to wrestlers. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, you know, I just don't think you need to do that. Um, so and and Sean Spears, you know, hit him with the chair. And you know, he didn't do nothing wrong. I mean, the way he swung that chair, and and I I saw a clip somewhere that they he and Cody had done the same type spot, the same angled of a chair, the way the chair came in, um in a previous life life somewhere. Maybe it was in one of the WWE early years, uh when both these guys were there, I don't know what the hell it was then, OVW or Florida Championship Wrestling, whatever it was. I think it was a WWE thing. Regardless, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 Sean Spears knows what he's doing. He's, he's He's been in the business a long time. He's a pro. Um, but that's, you know, that's one more thing that I want to say. Now, not, not, not against Sean, but this newer generation, which – 
these younger guys, and I don't mean Sean because, like I said, he's been working quite some time now, but current guys and girls coming up, you know, there's not much chair, especially if you're coming up in the WWE system and you're learning there. You know, there's no – you don't know how to ch- swing a chair. <laughs> I learned how to swing a chair, and I learned how to take a chair many, many years ago because it was a common thing. This is before ECW I learned how to do that. You know, I learned way before that ECW. You know, uh, you kind of knew what you were doing because it was part of the business. This newer generation, it's not part of the business. So when they have to swing a chair um, or take a chair, you're going to maybe see something bad go wrong because they're just not used to it. No one talks about that, but think about what I'm saying. Again, I'm not saying that's the case with Sean Spears or Cody. They're both... I look at those guys as veterans. They're not rookies, you know, so they, they know what they're doing and they know how to, you know, he knows how to swing a chair and Cody knows how to take a chair. Um, I'm just talking about chair shots in general, you know, for younger talent that's coming up. You know, you can't sit there and tell me that if someone is it, it coming up in the WWE system, again, hypothetics, that they know how to chair, swing a chair if they're with WWE system coming up for two, three years, it doesn't work out, and then they leave and they start working indies. I'm not saying that person could never swing a chair, but they didn't come up really learning. They learned that swinging a chair is sacrilegious. Um, so that's a thing I think you got to keep an eye on, too. They're, look, there's no place for it, in my opinion, in the business. I don't care if it's independence, WWE, AW, I don't give a shit what it is. Um, I'm from that era, and I'm letting you know um, – memory loss and all that stuff and headaches and cte that's all real shit um there's no need especially there's just no need and AEW, like i said they're over people love them and i don't think there was a need to even do that so there's your answer thank you for the question i appreciate it cisco underscore escobar okay hang on a second here what do we got here? How long do you think Heyman and Bischoff will have control for? Or I should ask, how long will McMahon let them run the show? And how short of a leash is there? My man, that's about 10 questions in one paragraph. Uh, look, at, I, I said this the other day on the um, the podcast I dropped early this week, uh, uh, you know, covering Raw. I want to go back and listen to it, dude. So here's a dealio, right? Um, I talked a lot about this about Heyman and Bischoff, in my opinions. I, I maybe I'm gullible, but I really believe Vince is going to let them do their thing for for and see how it goes. I, I don't. I really believe as Vince as he grows older and 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 his all his success and everything he's got going on and in his age, I think that he wants to let these guys do their thing. Sure, he has final say and he could trump whatever they want to do. I, I don't see him doing that too much right away. I don't. I think he's going to let them um, do their thing. Again, keep in mind, guys, Heyman and Bischoff, these guys, like I said the other day, and I'll say it again here, these are not guys that are kind of four or five years in the wrestling business or six years as a writer. These are men with decades of experience, okay, both of them individually, decades, decades, okay. One guy ran – his own company at the highest level in Bischoff, and Paul Heyman owned his own company, ran one first, and 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 then owned it. So look, these guys know what they're doing. My point is, I don't think Vince is gonna, you know, uh, hold their hand or, or slap them on the wrist that much right away. Now, as far as a short leash, I don't think it's a short leash. I think for for the first several shows, it'll be a long leash. I mean, shit. 
I mean, Vince knows the numbers are up a little bit on that Raw. Heyman was involved with the writing of that thing immensely and a lot of the segments that I talked about the other day on the podcast here. So Vince knows that that thing worked. Vince knows that a lot of that stuff that Paul did and he allowed Paul to do worked. So, you know, well, why, shit, why would he? Why would Vince change that? He ain't going to change that. I mean, he, he, let it go again. Shit, let's see if it can happen again. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep going. He's just got to run things by Paul. I mean, by Vince. And you can't, you can't blame Vince. How could you get pissed at Vince? He owns the fucking company, guys. He pays the fucking bills, right? I get annoyed, like, because people just like, well, why can't Vince just, just let other people do their thing? This is not an NFL team. This is not an NBA team. Okay, or a pro or major league baseball team where there's ownership and then they hire a general manager and they hire you know front office guys, then they hire, you know, a head coach and a, and his coaching staff and head coach calls the plays. No, this is that's not how this is. Okay, this is not an NFL team. Okay, this is Vince McMahon owns the team and he calls the plays. Okay, that's how it's always been. I do think he's backing off of calling the plays a little bit, but if he doesn't like the plays that's being called, he's gonna change it up. And guys, he's more than in his right to do that. He pays the bills. He spends millions and millions, you know, monthly on his brands. Okay? Damn it if I'm going to tell the guy to step away and not you people that say that, you people, you people that say that stuff, you got to realize like, you know, what I you know, what I'm telling you is a, is a shoot. This guy owns the company. He, 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 you know, you you can't expect him just to back away. He's put a lot into this company for a long time, long time. And for him to just give it up and just give control to anybody else, full throttle control and just like walk away. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't I mean, unless it's God forbid something with his health or something like that. I, I don't I don't see Vince doing that. I really don't. I talk about doing things. I know what I got to do. So I'm. <laughs> Hot city here. It's time for a little water break in the evening, kids. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Hang on a second. Let me give me a second. Oh, I got a new water bottle now. Music Jones. I got a new one. It's pretty good. It's got like a little sippy straw, like I'm fucking like a little kid. Grown ass man drinking out of a straw. Idiot. Gosh. Anyways, yeah. You know, um, what was I going to say to you? Oh, yeah. The other thing is, um, that's what I was going to say. I got all these Taz holes here. That was good. I hope you guys enjoyed your water. I got all these Taz holes. I got more. There's so many. Brian Pold and all of the plethora of producers that I have. Um, just this, just questions after questions. And it's nonstop. It's just loaded. I got more coming up. Uh, it's very busy. Uh, we're very busy here. And um, it's a, actually a perfect time to get it to tell you about what's going on. Because, you know, like right around it's 4th of July time right now, it's hot as hell out, as we know. And it's summertime. And the only thing more annoying than these flying insects that are around you all the time is my Mets getting beat again. As I speak, the Yankees are beating them up, which really sucks. Uh, but anyway, uh, I got a great deal for you. You know where I'm going. It's my friends at Dynatrap. The indoor fly light, guys. Okay. Listen, Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquitoes and insect traps. And they come up with this solution for indoor pests the Dynatrap fly light. 
I'm telling you right now, I got to tell you, this thing really works. Um, I, 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 I talked about the other the other day on the podcast. I mean, I have all, this little sticker thing in the back of the, the, the fly light, which is a really cool looking nightlight. I got all these mosquitoes and gnats on there because it's so muggy and humid out. You open your door, they come in the house, they fly in, they fly on your food, they fly on your face, they bite your feet, they bite your legs. Uh-uh, you don't need to worry about that no more. The Dyna Trap Fly Light works day and night to attract trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. Okay, and you're going to get yours at Dynatrap.com, and I got a great, great deal for you. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code T-A-Z and receive 15% off of their products, and they have a lot of them, not just the indoor fly light. They have many products for outdoors that work. I have them. I'm telling you. Okay, I promise you. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. It's legit. Dynatrap.com. Put Taz, T-A-Z. Get 15% off, kids. You can't go wrong. All right, Taz Show. Get the Taz Hall continuing here. Sit tight. All right, we're back here. All right, here we go. Uh, Taz Show continuing on this uh, late-night edition recording Jones as we do a Taz Hall, late-night city, as we barrel into July 4th here of 2019. Happy 4th of July. If you're just joining me, I'm so used to doing live radio. Because people can just join you if they're doing live. If you're doing live radio, but when you're doing a podcast, it's not like people just join you. But anyway, uh, it's, sometimes it gets silly. I can't help myself. What else we got here? All right, all right la, 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 la. here we go. Um, Joe uh, Jay Portsky. Hey Taz, how do you feel about another draft slash slash shakeup after SummerSlam? Paul and Eric would be in their roles at the at that time and could pick and choose the guys they want. You know, I, I have no problem with that, dude. I, I, you know, that's fine if you go that route. That's a simple way to go. I have no problem with that. I'd rather see something. It'll, it, it's kind of the same vein of what you're talking about, where it's a it's a shakeup, but without doing it the way they've always done it with drafts and shit like that, where they just shift talent around. I would do something different. Again, free consultant Jones, as always. I just give free consulting information and get no money from anyone. Uh, so uh, just a complete asshole. That's me. But I'll do it again here for my listening, for your listening pleasure. So I would definitely do a deal where, um, especially once once it's the fall season of TV and WWE SmackDown's on Fox, which is going to be awesome, and Bischoff's running that thing. I would that week, both on Raw and then on on SmackDown on Fox, I would have both Paul. In, this is on separate shows. Paul come out on Raw, top of the show, and just whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Say it's all changing. Everything's changing as you know it. Everything's changing. Real cut and dry shit. This is our roster. This is who we got. This is what we're doing. Blah 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 blah. And then on SmackDown, 
you know, Eric does something similar. Where basically you almost just come out and you're pulling back the curtain, saying everything you've witnessed, it was great. It's like it's like um, you know, uh, uh, a sitcom that goes 13 weeks on TV, and it's like now the series is starting over with whole new storylines. It's the same type of concept, you know. Um, that's so it, it plays into kind of a little bit of what you're saying with a shakeup type thing or a draft. And again, I'm not opposed to them doing a draft. It just feels like they've done that so many times WWE that if they went this type of route where they just blow it up you know and just say I, and you know some people would say ah oh, man that fucking sucks because then you're just taking storylines and just rapido just kill them just putting a bullet right in the storyline right then and there boom done next we're moving on meanwhile as a fan i've been investing in a story for three weeks with i don't know uh four weeks five weeks with uh i don't know some old joe and kofi kingston you know something like that uh, you know what you want to do some shock and awe these two motherfuckers and paul Heyman and eric bischoff they know how to do shock and awe no one's saying shock and awe except me but i think that eric and Paul would want to do shock and awe. And I think when Vince wants to do shock and awe, he can do a pretty good job of that, as can Triple H. So I, I would do something, including, speaking of Triple H, NXT in something that they're doing. Either make it competitive, three-way gimmick, something where it's not against each other. It's just like, you know, whatever. I mean, just just have have NXT part of this whole new blow up thing maybe you're having some talent come up from nxt and they're gonna end up on smackdown or raw whatever um just because i think nxt i i've, I've and i know your question was was not about nxt i just want to say something about it i've always bitched about nxt having this feel that it's you know the 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 triple a uh for baseball fans uh program and you got to work your way up to the main roster. For a long time on my show, the Taz Show, we were not, me, my producers, nobody, people who called into the show when I was live every day, we did not allow anyone to say the words like, you're going up, uh, maybe this town will go up to the main roster. We didn't call it the main roster. That's my point. I felt like it's all the same level. Um, and I still, and I've caved, I gave in to the whole main roster thing, but in my heart of hearts, I do really feel like you got such great talent that we've seen come up through the nxt ranks and i'm t- i'm sorry i'm not one of those people that's like well they're not ready that person's not ready for you know raw smackdown i'm here to tell you that's a load of bullshit okay when somebody is getting pushed on nxt and getting pushed well Okay, I, I promise you, Triple H knows what the fuck he's doing. So if he's pushing somebody, that guy or girl is able to work and talk people into the building. Hence why they're on top of NXT. So I don't, I don't believe that shit. Well, when this person once they went to SmackDown, they got to, they still got to get better because it's, it's different than they were on NXT. No, they're still the same fucking talent. They're still really good. They're not being booked the same way. That's all. Same thing that happened to me years ago and many guys. Okay, I was the shit. I was over like Rover. I was this. I was that. I was awesome. I was in ECW. And all of a sudden, I went to WWE, and I forgot how to work. I went to ECW. I forgot how to draw. I went to ECW. I forgot how to talk. Fuck that bullshit. (laughs) That's a fucking lie. Oh, my God. That's somebody I saw on Twitter. Somebody was arguing my defense with another fan. 
And uh, the guy's like, you really think Taz uh, would have been a champion in WWE, a world champion? Really? You really think that? And the guy's like, yeah, you're fucking damn right. You know, I mean, and, and he, he could have went down as one of the better champions ever. And I appreciate that gentleman saying that about me. I should know his name, and I don't. Because you know why? I've proved, not just me, many of us in ECW that got over big, proved without a big machine behind us, we can get over Without the big machine helping us So if we can get over without the big machine And the finances and the money and the resources Shit, you would think once you get Those finances behind me and get the machine Behind me, I'm going to get over like Fucking Rover ten times more than I did But that didn't happen Because you don't get the right opportunities It's just the way it goes um, And that's just that's a long time ago, I know And I'm only bringing it up because of the NXT thing So I heard somebody talking recently about Lacey Evans. Ah, she's not ready. She's not. Give me a fucking break. This girl, people love the way she worked when she's in NXT. And all of a sudden, people are like, ah, all this bullshit about her. Give me a fucking break. She's a really good hand, and she she can talk. She's, she's, she looks great. She can work her ass off. Give me a break. I completely veered off your question. I fucking snapped. Sorry, that's what happens. I get fucking crazy, especially when the sun goes down. I get out of my mind. All right, Cotter3612. Do you think submissions are dying because of the new high-flying style of wrestling? No more Bret Hart or D. Malenko types. Oh, I disagree, Cotter, 3612. I completely disagree. I, frankly, I think submissions are, are almost too much. <laughs> it's nonstop. Everyone's a shooter. Everyone's got kick pads. Everyone's making people tap out. There's submission holds everywhere in all wrestling federations all over the place. I, I don't agree with you, my man. Um and when I think of submissions, I don't think of Bret Hart. Um, Dean Malenko, I'll think of, sure, but I don't I don't think of Bret. I mean, Bret, I know he had the sharpshooter. I know that's why you're saying that. But, um, yeah, no, no, there, there's a plethora of submissions going on in the business. Maybe too much. But, you know what, it don't matter. If it's working for the guys and girls and people are digging it, then, shit, who am I to say anything? I mean, it's all good. Uh, but, no, I, I don't agree with that. So I don't agree with that at all. Um, what else we got here? Lenny XCA. Hey, Taz, do you think if Paul Heyman's name wasn't attached to Raw this Monday, would it still be getting the same praise as it did? Well, that's a really good question, Lenny. Um, I do think it would get the same praise because it was distinctly different than anything they've been doing for quite some time. That opening segment false Kennedy where with Braun and Bobby Lashley and that stunt they did and the camera work they did uh, behind the stage and shit like that. Uh, that was epic stuff. Um, that looked different than anything they've done in quite some time, the way it was shot and the way the show got shut down. I don't remember the last time WWE on Raw allowed a show to be stopped and shut down. And that show was shut down. And that was the first segment. Um, you know what I mean? Like first match. So, you know, I, 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 and I think the other stuff that happened on Raw, it was very edgy. I mean, the stuff from Maria Canellas, the promo work she was doing and about the pregnancy and shit she was saying to her husband, all that kind of stuff. And there were several things. I mean, I, I, even if Paul wasn't writing it, didn't write it or it wasn't behind it, I do think people would have been loving that show. It really was just that different. Um, but I get your drift. It's kind of like what I said earlier about AEW, where, it's still in that honeymoon phase where if a guy does, you know, a clothesline. It's the greatest clothesline in the world. Clothesline in the world because he's an AEW wrestler. You know what I mean? Um, and and I get what you're saying where it's like the honeymoon phase for Heyman as the guy in charge of Raw. 
Um, and you know, and Paul's, you know, he's loved on the internet, which I, I you know, because he's he's earned that, and people, hardcore fans, and the hardcore wrestling community, you know, he helped build that community. So, so of course, they respect and love him. Um, but no, I do think no matter if anybody put that show out there to the public, it was going to get over because it was that good of a show. Uh, was it the greatest show I've ever seen in my life? No, but compared to a lot of the Raws as of late, it was a lot, lot better, and you could tell it was distinctly different. You know, but good question, Lenny. I appreciate you. Team Quack Clock, uh, what day of the week do you think AEW should do their live show? Hmm. Well, if memory serves me, I think the rumor was it was supposed to be Tuesday. Um, now, I, if I was them, depending on it with the network, I would try to do it. I would try to do it independent and not try to go up against anybody anything wwe's doing nothing I, even including nxt i would shoot for like a thursday uh just to get my sea legs under me it has nothing to do with being fucking afraid um i just would i would just want to build my audience and then worry down the road about competing against wwe it, it's you know, uh, so I, I don't. I don't think they're gonna go on Thursday. Like I said, I think the last I heard was Tuesday. But I don't pay attention to a lot of the, the shit that people are saying when it's gonna be. When the company announces it, I'll pay attention. Until then, I'm not gonna fucking really. I don't know, dude. So, but I, I would say away from whenever you know Raw and SmackDown is for sure. I I wouldn't go near that if I was them at all. I, I just wouldn't. Um, it's a very ambitious thing to think you could just go flat up against. You know, a company that's been around as long as WWE's been around uh, Doing as much programming on TV for decades upon decades It's tough to think you could do that And no problem, and just butt up against them and knuckle up with them It's, especially like I said the other day on this podcast With a guy running Raw with all the experience Heyman has And a guy running SmackDown with all the experience that Bischoff has And Vince McMahon at the helm and Triple H hovering around there too with power um, that's a lot of guys with a lot of knowledge that are very credible in the business. Um, so if you're gonna do AEW versus WWE, you gotta look at the front offices and the and the creative teams. That's that's a lot for AEW to go up against, in my opinion. So uh, and I'm I'm so I'm not gonna get sucked into the whole other thing like people just like it's so different and it's all this, it's all I I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not I hope they do great. And I do, and, I, and I, I'm pulling for those guys. I do. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart, and they know I mean that. So, but I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't think going up flap against them is smart. So I would say do a show that's not anywhere conflicting with Raw or, or SmackDown. What else we got here? Robert Billas, uh, what's your opinion of Killer Cross? Seems he'd be right up your alley. Oh yeah, no doubt. I know Homeboy. Um, he, um, I love him. Cuts great promos. Uh, does does a lot of good submission. Does a lot of good stuff. A very talented guy. Um, and you know, for those old school Taz show fans, you know, when we first got phone lines on the Daily Taz show, you know, he called up and was cutting promos, and he was fucking great. And this is before that he really got like before anybody even knew who the hell he was. So uh, yeah, man, uh, I you know he he's a good guy, and 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 he's a real pro, and. Um, he's doing great right now, and I'm happy for him. Hopefully, it keeps on going for him. But yeah, no, he's he's legit. I'm, I'm a fan of his work, and and um, and I know he respects my old school style and my suplex style and my FTW mindset. So uh, I hope nothing uh, but the best for Killer Cross. 
So uh, that's the deal on that. Jeremy Weatherholtz, good moment, Taz. What's your thoughts on wrestlers from other companies having Twitter feuds, knowing we're never going to get a pay a payoff in the ring? Hashtag we over, hashtag running the game, hashtag buy a hat, hashtag fuck the hashtag. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of it, uh, to be honest, because to your point, you're not getting a payoff, you know, um, you know, we saw some of that we're going on with Ospreay and, and Seth Rollins, where they were going back and forth, and Seth, you know, he took to Twitter and apologized, uh, for the bank account comment and all that stuff, and, and he took the high road, and Will Ospreay accepted the apology, and those guys have a mutual respect for each other, so I think that's fine, I think that's cool, um, yeah, you know, social media is out of control, not just with wrestling, just with everything, guys. You know that. I mean, it's get, it gets to a point. I was talking to my son about this the other day, and he's 20, and he's almost like, he's like, you know, he's not even, he don't even like, like he, he hardly messes with social media anymore. He's like, him and a lot, of, a lot of his boys are like, it's just like so played out. Like, it's like enough. It's just fucking oversaturated. Um, so that's, that's that younger generation, believe it or not, that's kind of starting to think that way. So. I don't know. It's just it, as far as wrestlers doing that and and you know feuding each other. I mean, I think some fans might mock out for that. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Um, not at all. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound corny and shit, but it would be cool if there was more, um, you know, more positivity on social media and where it's just you know, and and social media can help you get a job, maybe, or you get to connect with someone. I mean, obviously LinkedIn does that, but if you know, you can still connect with people on Twitter and and Instagram and stuff like that, or Facebook. Maybe if you're trying to get work or something like that, or you know somebody, you know, I'm just saying, just a network of people. I think that's good too. And in my case, I'm a public figure, so my account's a little bit different than the average Joe or Jane. But you know, so it's different. I just try to put out promotion for my podcast or radio show and and maybe some personal stuff i'm doing and shit like that so it's kind of public people handle it a little bit different uh for a while i was getting wrapped up in it too much you know back a few years ago i'm like oh, fuck, i don't have time for this i really don't it's just too i love engaging with the people and i do think i engage with a lot of you guys on social media as much as i can but i gotta tell you in my heart of hearts i'm like you know, it's 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 nothing against anybody out there. It's just it's a the whole concept. I think a lot of you might agree. It's just played out. It's just it's annoying, you know. Um, so anyway, Donnie's nineteen eighty seven Taz. Who is the most underrated wrestler today? Oh, geez, that's a tough question. Have you ever seen Orange Casting before? He is someone that I think would be a total hit for a major company. Thanks for everything. Well, I have seen Orange Cassidy. Um, very unique guy. Um, I bitch a lot about some of the younger talent today not being innovative and original. Well, Homeboy's original and he's innovative. That I'm promising you. Orange Cassidy is fucking very innovative. If you're not familiar with him, he kind of just is a guy who just kind of puts his hands in his pockets and kind of like hits you like with baby taps before the match to piss you off. And he kind of is defenseless. He keeps his hands in his pocket. And while he's it's very unique. It's very odd. It's really odd. The old school in me absolutely hates it, but the new school in me or current school, I respect the originality. I respect the art form. If the human suplex machine of old, if he had a face Taz from 1997 or 98 or 99 or 95 or 2000 or 2001, I don't know about his hands being in his pocket. That would make me go nuts. (laughs) 
that would get ugly. So, but I understand it's a different era, and his character is very unique, very different guy. Um, I, I don't know if I'd call him underrated. Um, there's a lot of underrated talent out there. I mean, just to name one, I got to be honest, um, I really couldn't. One guy I'll tell you, if you want to say, like, underrated, um, I, I guess you could put underrated in what not being uh, what's the word not not to say not being known but i don't know if i mentioned before on the podcast i know i've tweeted about him you know towards rikishi uh my old friend rikishi but there's um there there's there's a young man named jacob fatu works for mlw who is in my opinion just an outstanding tremendous talent um i i think i have talked about him uh, maybe a few podcasts ago uh, he's he's just a great, great uh, talent, uh, big Samoan athlete, uh, just tremendous talent, really is. Uh, look him up, Jacob Fatu, MLW. I mean, so I guess because he's not in one of the bigger companies, and MLW is awesome, and they're, they're on a come up, and they've been going for quite some time, but it's still not, you know, as big as, like, WWE, obviously, and, and stuff like that. But um, Jacob Fatu is tremendous. He really is. So check him out. What else we got here? Uh, la 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 snap Cummings. Hey, Taz, uh, who's oh, nice name? Whose job is it to bring the title to TV every day? The company or the champion? Hashtag we over. Hashtag water break. Uh, the, the wrestler, the champion, the champion. When you're the champion, you carry the title. That's how it goes. It's a pain in the ass sometimes. I ain't gonna lie. Flying. Uh, you got to make room for that big son, bitch. And oh, it's the champion. You carry the title. That's how it goes. That's part of your responsibility. You bring the title everywhere to whatever town you're going to work in or public appearances or whatever you're doing. That's the dealio on that. Uh, big, uh, big grand champ. Hey, Taz. You might have already answered this uh, before. I always wanted to know what made you do the rip towel gimmick over your head as you came out. I always love that and it just made you seem more intimidating thanks taz hashtag over like rover hashtag taz hall hashtag the taz show yeah no i i talked about this a lot of show i have i was inspired to wear the towel because of mike tyson uh, mike tyson um you know he's from brownsville brooklyn which uh like not far from where i grew up actually i went to high school in east new york brooklyn which is right near brownsville i had a lot of friends from brownsville um, so, you know, he's kind of a home, a homie, a homeboy with me from where I'm from. I didn't know Mike, but we're from the same area. So he's, he's, you know, we were homies in essence without knowing each other. And I felt like he was over like Rover, big time star when I was, you know, starting to get my prime and shit. He used to wear a white towel over his neck. He cut a hole like Poncho Jones, like a poncho. And he wore just a towel, black trunks, black boots, nothing else. So Tyson inspired me a little bit. Uh, for sure, especially with the towel, and um, I started wearing it over my head. And I then I, I used to wear an orange towel, and then Paul Heyman lost his shit. He said you got to wear black, and then I wore a black towel from then on. And I ripped it up, <clears throat> so I had my own look to it. Now, as you guys know, that are fans of, of you know pro wrestling Japan and 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 the great uh, Suzuki, he wore a black towel, and uh, you know I, I've gone back and forth people on social media trying to figure out who wore it first. And I think he might have wore it before me, uh, Suzuki, in Pancras when he was one of the owners of Pancras. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. I didn't know it then. I didn't know him. Uh, I I talked about this before. I 
I had, I could promise you, I did not wear that towel on my head because he did. <laughs> I didn't know he was wearing no fucking towel on his head. There was no internet. There was no none of that shit. I would see Pancrase, uh, ta- uh, like um, tapes or just before DVDs, I think. I would get them, but I don't remember seeing him on them. I would watch a lot of, uh, I was a big fan of watching Boss Root and a lot, a lot of his stuff and uh, Shamrock, uh, Frank Shamrock, Ken Shamrock and Frank. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, Takata, I would see a lot of those cats. I know Suzuki was there, but I don't think he was wearing a towel all the time. Maybe he wasn't wearing that. It just didn't jump out to me. But also, his towel was a little bit different, as I watched now years later. And this fucking guy's still working. God bless him. His towel is not ripped up and all that stuff. He just wore a black towel. So, you know, so anyway, so that was there. It was more Mike Tyson that was the inspiration for me to wear the towel. So in long form, okay. Sulma underscore Kahan. Hey, Taz, I'm a huge fan. What is the one thing you hated about working for ECW? What's the one character characteristic you wish Paul would change? Oh, geez. Um, what characteristic for ECW that I did not like? Hate's a strong word. I'm not going to say hated. I didn't like that we weren't working in big buildings all the time. We were in a big company, and I felt like we had the talent and the feel of a big company. Um, that we had enough stars, but yet we were playing small buildings, but not on pay-per-views. We were playing bigger places, which was awesome. Like, you know, Harrow Arena for us was big. We'd go to Dayton, Ohio and go to Harrow Arena. It was awesome. You know, shit like that. War Memorial was a pretty decent-sized building in Fort Lauderdale. There's, there's several others. I'm just, you know, and Buffalo was a pretty good. Uh, Burt Flickinger Center in Buffalo was it was a great building for us. But uh, I I just wish we were in bigger buildings. As far as Paul Heyman characteristics, look, a lot of former ECW guys have a lot negative to say about Paul and stuff like that. I really don't. Uh, I've never was owned any money. I was always paid. Um, so I didn't. I can't. I'm I'm not one of those guys. I can't say that. I, um, you know, I, Paul Paul's a passionate, emotional guy. And hence his creativity. I, I he's always done a lot for me, and we've always been friends for a long time. I I can't sit here and say I I'm sure if I had to really think about it, um, a characteristic that I would like to change in Paul. I you know, I I don't know, um, because I, I, I know him so long. He is who he is. I I, so I, I can't answer that part to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, Sunny Bones. Uh, since Paul Heyman A lot of Paul Heyman stuff Since Paul Heyman's on Monday Night Raw And uh, he has Samoa Joe Underneath his wing uh, I know no one could replace Taz But do you think he might Have a great idea uh, For him and use him Like the human suplex machine uh, Yeah no I, I, I do think Paul knows how to book Samoa Joe Really well and I think they'll do some really cool Shit they're doing now cool shit with Joe um, I don't think it'll be Samoa Joe is, is a successful man for a lot of years. He don't need to be booked like the human suplex machine. He needs to be booked like the Samoan submission machine. That's who he is. So, you know what I mean? Like, so Joe, you know, Joe, uh, Joe and I are good friends, and, and I wish him nothing but the best. I know Paul and Joe are good friends. So I'm looking forward to seeing the cool book and shit they do with him because they're going to. 
Ah, yes, my friend, the Chan Man, Chan Man Jones on the on the, uh, the gimmick schnabitz here on the Instagram. After Dark Jones, yes, indeed, Bischoff has said in the past that Raw and SmackDown need, in all caps, to be different for the brand split to work. Knowing Heyman's style, how do you think Bischoff will tweak SmackDown to make it different from Raw? Thanks, Taz. Happy Fourth of July to you. Hashtag Jones. Wow, that's a tough question. She's Chan. I mean, it's like... You're asking me, let me just think here, what Bischoff would do to make it different. I've worked with Eric in TNA closely there, you know, you know, and he's a smart guy, creative guy, super experienced guy, uh, likes to push the envelope at times like Heyman. Um, I don't think he'll try to do anything like Paul's doing. I do think he'll be really different than Raw. Um, I could see him trying to pull some kind of, this is just me, Chan, just off the top of my head. I could be wrong on this. I'm just literally spitballing what you hear. So, um, I could see him trying to do something where it comes off as more of a, um, an athletic feel. Like, like I remember like in TNA, we had like ranking systems, like something in that vein, you know, where it's like. Um, maybe not not necessarily tournament based, but more athletic feel that where Raw would be more of a show feel. I mean, that, again, that's just me trying to think of a complete opposite feel. You know, um, it might be a bad example for you, Chan Man. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'm just giving you, you know, how I feel. I mean, I, I that that's the one thing I could think he'll do. It's tough for Eric, you too, Chan, because he's got to try not to, you know, anything that he, just like Paul, anything he does, he's going to be judged up against old school ECW. Anything Eric does, he's going to be compared to NWO and Nitro and all that stuff. So he's got to keep an eye on that. But, you know, he knows that. I mean, he's done a lot more than just that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a, that's a tough question, dude. That you, you hit me with a tough question there. It's tough to figure that out. It really is. You know what I mean, tough to figure that one out. You know what I mean? Uh, what else we got? Uh, la, 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 la. Stan Leg Drop Collects. Hey, Taz. What are your thoughts on Alistair Black's recent promos, and who do you think knocked on his door? Hashtag Taz Talk. Hashtag FTW 632. Yes. Well, I talked about what I thought should happen, where Nakamura should have been the one that knocks on his door. And just as you see Alistair Black cutting the promo, you know, the dog gets kicked in. He's cutting the promo in that dark room, and he gets kicked right in the face. And who is it? But it's Nakamura. Well, it seems like Nakamura's paired off with someone else, and it's not going to be Nakamura. She's like, Nakamura's going to be paired off, I believe, paired off with Finn Balor, if memory serves me. So, uh, I, you know, I do think eventually you're going to see Nakamura announce the Black sooner rather than later, though. That's who I would have it be. Um, otherwise I'm not sure it could be anybody else. It's a, it's your guess is as good as mine when it comes to that. But my thoughts I would like to see is Nakamura. That's who I think it should be or should have been, you know, that's, um, that's the deal on that. So, uh, what else we got? And that's, uh, I think we might be, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, listen, a lot of you guys that send your stuff in, like, you know, and once we post that we're good, we got enough. And then you guys come in with late night Jones, you come in with late, late ones. Yeah, it's not that kind of party, you know. You missed it, you know. You you know you, you miss out. It's like once well, we say all right, well, thank you, appreciate it, we're good, and then you come in half hour later, ten minutes later, 
It doesn't work like that, kids. Does not work like that. You cannot get in. So I'm sorry if you missed the cutoff. Just keep your eyes out. There'll be another task hall next week. Probably mid to late next week. There'll be another task hall. Okay. So uh so that's the deal. This is fun. This was a fun show. Late night Jones. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You're lucky that I do the shit I do. You know that. Okay, that's my fucking ego speaking. There's a great sale on ProWrestlingTees.com slash T-A-Z. Go get Taz merch. I think it's like 20% off July 4th, Jones. It's good until like July 8th. Go to my uh, Twitter, at Official Taz. It shit's all over there. Facebook, the Taz Show on Facebook. You'll find the link for the uh, the uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Buy yourself a fucking T-shirt. Subscribe to this show if you're not doing it already. Subscribe to it and like it and write a review about it. And put me over. It's the least you could do for not paying for this shit. All right, listen. Have a good, safe, happy, healthy 4th of July. Guys, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. When I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing Trying to stay up I wanna go back to days with no grades We ordered the kids meal Play ball, that's all day now I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page But these likes are my A road is just a road But a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV Come see for yourself At the Jeep Start Something New sales event during Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on the purchase of select 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Compass Latitude models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.